Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the creator of the podcast. I'm also the CEO of Love for Words, which is an editing boutique. It specializes in nonfiction editing. Um, the show does air every other Monday. You can visit anchor.fm slash editor knows best to listen to some of our past episodes and catch up and also, of course, uh, to hear our new episodes. And we do have a very special guest today. So I am excited to be with you all and I'm sure you all will be excited to hear from our guest as well. So just to give an intro to our guest, she is a wife, a mother, educator, and a poet. She's known for her work with groups like the National Council of Teachers of English, the Conference on English Leadership, and the California Association of Teachers of English. With 40 years experience in public and private schools, she's a National Board Certified Teacher vetted by the National Board of Professional Teaching Standards. She's mentored the NCTE's early career educators of color cohorts, and she currently mentors online and coaches new writers. Today's guest is Mrs. Um, also Professor Anna J. Small uh, Roseboro. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Anna. It's nice to have you. Thank you for having me, Katyra. I particularly like the name of your program, uh, Love for Words. Often it is the love for words that creates a need for editors. Yes. So often I found, as you mentioned in my years of teaching school, students knew what they wanted to say, but they weren't often sure or confident that the words that they were choosing were the right words for the situation that they were writing for. And that's one of the things that I draw on in my work now as a writing coach and as an editor. Why are you writing? Who is your audience? What is your message? And so I'm ready for your questions about my experience as an editor. Fantastic. So yeah, we will go ahead and open with that. So of course, we know that you have um, a lot of teaching experience and that is a large part of what you bring to the table as a professional, but specifically, how did you transition from teaching into becoming an editor? It was slow but sure. Uh, as a mentor for the Early Career Educators of Color program uh, by the National Council of Teachers of English, our mentees, the young uh, classroom teachers that we worked with, had to turn in reports. And because we wanted the reports to reflect their individual voices, but to pass along the message of the program experience that they had so that we would be refunded the next year, we had to take in consideration, why are you writing? What is your message? And what do you want your readers to get out of it? And so over time, as I began to work with these young writers, many of them in grad school, some of them had finished grad school, but they hadn't done this kind of writing. And then I was invited to write a couple of textbooks myself. And I was on the other end, receiving the information. Oh, yes from the 
they're from the editors and the publishers. And I thought I could write pretty well. And they began asking me these questions. And so over time, people began to ask me about, well, what should I say? How should I say it? And so having gone to a workshop, <clears throat> a showcase for local authors, I said, my books aren't selling. They don't know me. Maybe if I invite them to work with me as an editor, maybe they'll buy my books. And that's the other way they did it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got the title, Get Started, Get Going. Okay. And so my work at, with young teachers and then my work trying to sell my books said maybe if they know me, mm -hmm. they'll buy my books. So that's how it started for me. Uh -huh. For sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, you bring up a great point that our audience, I'm sure, um, is excited to hear. Um, so in order for you to sell books, there there does have to be a knowledge about who you are. So thank you, Anna, for sharing that. So um, sometimes authors think they you know, are going to sell lots of books when they publish their work, um, self-published, and that's <laughs> typically not the case. Um, unless you put in a lot of work and time and energy and effort into marketing or into your public relations to get your name out there to make people want to buy your book. So thank you for sharing that. So can you uh, just give us some insight as to what your favorite and least favorite part of editing is? And also, um, yeah, you could tell us about that and then I'll piggyback off that question. Perhaps the most favorite part of editing for me comes from being a teacher. I want the writers with whom I work to learn and to learn what they can do themselves. And this is why I tend to market myself more as a coach than an editor. I began working with the writers on figuring out why they're writing, what they're writing about, and what does their audience need to know in order to receive the message. And so I said, my favorite part is the times that I spend often online, uh, particularly with the advancement and the access to websites and virtual platforms. I do more and more of my work online in consultation where the writers can ask me questions. I can share with them the process that writing is primarily revision, particularly writing to be sold. Um, and so we talk about the different purposes of writing. And that, again, that comes back from my teaching of critical reading and how some writers are able to use language in ways that others don't and why does it work? And so I think the fact that I include in my coaching services, both the editing and the teaching. And so that's probably my favorite part of it. The least favorite probably is sharing with people the fact that editing takes time. Editing also takes skill. And if they want to have their book, one about which they can be proud, they're going to have to revise, which means they're going to need to pay right. someone 
to read and give them useful feedback so that they can recraft their writing so that it will be impactful. And I have a hard time sometimes talking about the cost of it, but in order to have respect for what I do, if I give it away, it doesn't seem to be important. But you've done this long enough to know that if the work is not well edited, it will not sell. And so I'm learning to deal with that. But uh, favorite part, the teaching, the least favorite part, convincing people that my services are worth what they have to pay. For sure. Um, and I certainly agree with you. Sometimes that can be an uncomfortable conversation, but I always share when I do have clients who um, maybe are hesitant about, you know, the, the quotes that I'm giving them that you get what you pay for. And if you're looking for quality editing that comes with um, a quality price tag, <laughs> so <laughs> it's not always a comfortable conversation, but it's definitely necessary. And I'm sure that you even have experiences where you realized you undercharged and you've done a lot more work for not as much as you've been paid. So thank you for being transparent about that, because a lot of our audience members um, are also looking to get into editing and they probably come across that as well. So thank you for giving us that feedback. Um, now, if you could tell us a little bit more about um, specifically for our listeners who might be hesitant to work with an editor, either because of price or nervousness about letting somebody see their manuscript, um, why would you recommend that an author or writer do work with an editor before their work is published or submitted? Perhaps the main reason I encourage people to work with an editor is that writers seldom can have the distance they need to be objective about their topics. So often first time writers who want to become authors are writing memoirs or writing about their business and they're so close to it either in the memoirs, I experienced it. I know what happened. I know my story needs to be told. But sometimes they forget that they need to provide information in the book, pacing in the book, so that the readers can re-experience what the writer is talking about, or may need to define terms so that someone unfamiliar with the situation will learn what's going on and understand what's going on. And so sometimes taking the time and spending the money to have someone give an objective read of a manuscript can make the difference between a story told and a story sold. Definitely, I agree with that. Um, and even, you know, as, as proof to that, when I write my books, I do hire an outside editor. So mm -hmm. um, I know that there are many editors who are also authors and they recognize mm -hmm. they're too close to the material and mm -hmm. they, you know, are able to work with an editor outside of themselves. So that is mm -hmm. absolutely important. Um, and one of the other components that comes along with editing um, could potentially be subcontracting. So what is your experience with that? And for our listeners who are maybe editors and considering 
outsourcing or subcontracting their work, what would you say would be the benefits of that? And um, what, what advice do you have? Perhaps the top benefit to subcontracting out work is completing jobs in the time that you have. Occasionally, a well-known author will need a manuscript back very quickly. A very talented editor may have other projects on the table and just cannot get to that, perhaps a repeat customer. Uh, in, in fact, I'm, most of my clients now are repeat clients because I'm pleased to say most, have been, most of them have been satisfied. However, occasionally several projects come in at one time. And in order to maintain the quality of service, I may have to invite someone else to be a reader. The other reason is sometimes we as editors don't know enough about the topic to give the expert read that our writers may need. And occasionally I have been pressed to ask someone else, please read this from the perspective of someone in your field. Or it may be something I know about so well that I fill in the blanks, but the author is writing for an audience who is learning, not someone who is already an expert in the field. And sometimes being an expert in the field is not the best kind of writing to edit for because we tend to fill in the blanks. We know what the words mean. We understand the process. Where So occasionally the fact that you're busy and you wanna continue to provide good service, you may as an editor subcontract the work out. Other times it may be that you know, you don't know about the, enough about the topic. And so you subcontract the work out. And like I tell the authors that I work with and the editors that I work with, it's okay to admit what you don't know. It's much better doing that than to take on a job that you know that you're not capable of handling well and do a poor job with it. And so as editors, we become experts in our field, but sometimes we don't, are not experts in every topic that writers may ask us to edit for. So share the wealth, <laughs> take on ops, uh, sub contracts when, the, when they arrive, because when we help one another, we add credibility to the job of editing. Yes. Uh, our host today is an expert. She's a writer, but sometimes she gets busy. Yes. And in order to maintain her clientele, she may choose to invite someone, uh, will you give this a read? I just need one more read and I need to have it read from this perspective. And if you happen to be that author who hired Love of Words, you will be glad that she had the humility to ask for help because you who are paying for it are going to get more useful feedback. Thank you, thank you. And then some of our listeners who are who are authors or aspiring authors, um, 
they may be wondering what subcontracting means for their book in their manuscript. So if an author, if, if, you, if you decide as an editor to subcontract, what does that mean for the author? Like how, how would you describe that to the author and what would you recommend to maybe editors who are, are subcontracting with authors who have questions about what that means for them? Be honest, indicate that this is my company and I have other authors who work with me. And occasionally I may call on one of them and only subcontract with editors you trust. Some of the writers that I work with ask to sign a no, oh, what's the word? It, you won't talk about this with anybody else. NDA? Yeah. Um, Non-disclosure. Yeah. And as editors, one of the things that we have to establish from the very beginning is respect for what we do. And the respect comes when we're honest and indicate uh, this is my company. However, occasionally I invite another reader to give me another perspective. Uh, it's not changing what you're paying me because I collect for the work that is being done and I pay my subcontractors to do that aspect of the, of the um, reading and the feedback. And occasionally new writers don't understand the different level of reading that editing offers. Um, often editors simply provide feedback on content. Another read, the authors may provide feedback on organization. Another time, the editor may provide feedback on the use of language. And it's not until the very end after two, three revisions that it would be appropriate to ask for what we call line editing, where the editor gives feedback on what we call the mugs, mechanics, usage, grammar, and spelling. And when new authors will understand that there's a different fee charged for the level of feedback that you require at this stage in the writing. And generally, um, three reads are required, particularly for a, a complex book of over 100 pages. Once for content, once for organization, once for language, and perhaps uh, with the online services like Grammarly and ProWrite and um, editing services, authors can do that themselves. But the content editing uh, re often requires a professional and that's what we do. Sure, that's awesome. Thank you for explaining that. That is awesome. So <clears throat> for authors who are ready for the editing stage, what would you recommend for them to prepare, how to best prepare for that next step? Uh, prepare to receive. Once you sign up with me as an author and I as your coach or editor, one of the first things I ask you is to put in writing for me, who is your audience? 
What is your purpose and what is your message? Are you writing to inform, to explain, to entertain, to distract, to teach? We write differently for those purposes. Who is your audience? Is this an audience who is familiar with the terminology that you're going to use? Is this an author who is mature enough to recognize certain experiences? Is this an author who will be offended by an audience that will be offended by certain language? Even though you are writing honestly, if your audience will be offended by certain language or an audience who would not understand the jargon that you may use, you may not achieve your purpose even though you're writing well about a topic you know intimately. And so our first conversations tend to be, who's your audience? What's your purpose? And what's your message? And once we talk about that, I invite the reader, the writer to go through their own manuscript, checking first to see that they have addressed these issues. And once they do that, we meet again in a consultation and said, based on my questions, your review of your manuscript, what information would you like from me? And they turn in the manuscript. I do a word count. And based on the depth of information they want, I give them a charge for it. And because I tend to do work step by step, I tend to give a word count send an invoice. When the invoice is paid, I do the work. If we're ready for the next step, they're satisfied with the feedback that they have gotten. Uh, sometimes we will meet online again. And again, I charge for the online consultation. That's time. We'll meet and go over the notes, ask new questions. If they wish to have me do another read after they do the revision, we'll go through that process again. You send me the manuscript, we do a word count, you tell me the level of feedback you want, I invoice you, you pay, I work, you get my feedback. And we continue that process until the author is ready to move on, either taking that manuscript to a professional printer, or we move to go to the online self-publishing steps. Thank you for breaking that down. I know we have a lot of new authors in the audience who might not know what it looks like to work with an author or an editor. So I appreciate you giving that breakdown so that they have a better understanding of that. And I know previously you mentioned that you're also a coach. Um, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could explain what that means and how that's different from editing for our audience members who might be new to the publishing world. Uh, to me, a coach is someone who shows a person how to do something and then gives feedback as you watch the person do what you've taught. And so right now, I'm working with a mother and, two, and her two daughters. And one of the things that they've been doing during the pandemic is writing children's books. And so... Many of the times my meeting is working with the mother on how to work with her daughters on preparing the manuscript. And so my coaching may be 
supplying them with resources online to find out alternative ways to say said. Or I may say, uh, watch this video on ways to develop character. I, I, co I coach and edit both fiction and nonfiction. And for someone who's writing nonfiction, how do you create an index? Under what circumstances uh, would it be necessary for you to uh, pay to use quotations in your book? And often as a coach, I will send them to online resources so that they can learn themselves. And if they want me to give them feedback on what they choose, that's fine. If not, coaching is teaching and encouraging writers to do more of the process on their own. And for your coaching services, is that offered via Zoom or by phone or what, what methods do you, you know, provide the coaching services? The three methods. Uh, before so many people had access to online communication uh, platforms, I would meet in the library. Our community library has study rooms. And I would invite the author to come meet and we would meet for half an hour, 45 minutes, sometime a full hour where we're sitting next to each other, going through the manuscript or showing them ways to address the, the issues in their piece. Often I now meet online in Zoom sessions where we are sharing a screen, again, part of the coaching and teaching. As we go through the manuscript, and if I'm talking about uh, formatting and layout, why a particular section looks better if it's formatted in a particular way. And the third way is exchanging emails. Uh, sometimes we may just be on a platform like Google where we are sharing a screen and sharing, uh, looking at the same manuscript, but we don't see each other. So it's either, writing back and forth, meeting face-to-face -face on a Zoom platform, uh, meeting in a library. Uh, occasionally I'll meet at a restaurant, but often these are private conversations. So I try to meet in a neutral space. Uh, and then now uh, more and more often it's online because I'm having clients really from all over the world that I'm working with now, but it's so easy to meet face-to-face. Awesome. Well, thank you for breaking that down because I know that there are a lot of authors who just need help along the way of writing and mm -hmm. might not be ready for editing. So thank you mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. distinguishing between the two. And thank mm -hmm. you so much for being our guest today. I would love for you to share with the audience where they can access information about yourself or your services. Um, and if you have social media, your website, please do share. Because I'm now becoming more uh, media tech savvy, <laughs> I have a website and you have it in front of you, uh, Ms. Pollan. Uh, would you give the URL for that? Okay. Yes, I have um, AJ Small Roseborough, that's R O S E B O R O dot com. Okay, on that website, you'll see uh, um, several subsites that talk about my work as a teacher, 
talk about my work as a coach mm -hmm. and talk about and it shows the books that I have published. Over the years, I've had the privilege of publishing several textbooks for teachers of mainly of English language arts, uh, seventh grade through 12th grade, and most recently teaching uh, freshman course col college courses uh, at the university level. Uh, I also am on Facebook. And again, the name is Roseboro, R-O-S-E-B-O-R-O. -O -O. And my books are mainly for sale uh, on through Amazon. And so when you just put in Anna Roseboro, usually the pages will come up and you'll see places where I've published textbooks. You'll see places where I have self-published collections of poems, collections of stories, um, a short novel. And once you see that, you'll see the variety of topics that I have published, but you'll also see a place where there are pictures of authors and their books that I've had the privilege of working with. And so I encourage you to get started get going and get yourself an editor. You have a love of words. We have a love of helping you make those words work for you. Thank you so much, Anna. Again, I really appreciate all of the gems that you shared and um, your willingness to provide advice and recommendations to our listeners and giving us a glimpse into your world and the editing and coaching services that you provide. And I would love to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Again, Editor Knows Best airs every other Monday. You can listen to the episodes at anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best or any other channel where uh, you can access podcasts. Thanks again, everyone. Be safe and be well.